Hello and welcome to another episode of Candid Talks with Bharat V. This is Bharat Vatsai, your host of the show. In previous episode, we were talking to Aparna Prabhadesai and got to know about her journey of grit and determination to overcome her challenges and prepare for climbing Mount Everest. And in today's episode, we will continue our discussion with her to listen her experience of climbing Mount Everest. Believe me, it's gonna be really interesting. Please do listen to this episode till the end. Before we begin, please do not forget to subscribe to this podcast show and you can connect with me on my Facebook page at Candid Talks with Bharat V. So let's listen to their journey. Prabhudesai, a mountaineer, a cyclist, a runner. Come, listen to me talk and share this journey. Mere saath is safar pe chaliye aur aap mujhe sun rahe hain on Candid Talks with Bharat V. Even the 7,000 meter mountain that I picked up which was Nun was keeping in mind the north side. So the mountain face on Nun is very similar to the north face on Everest. Mm. There is a rock and snow combination. The south side doesn't have a rock face on the top. Oh. Um, you know, the north side has rock on the top. So that face changes. And uh, that's why I did Nun and I didn't do some of the other mountains. I was, you okay. know, the mountain selection was also aimed at Everest. Okay. You know, okay. So, It wow. was nothing but that. Amazing. So along with all this preparation, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. this is all physical uh, preparation. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. How do you need to, uh, you know, prepare yourself mentally? Mm-hmm. I mean, that is also something yeah. I'm sure that you would have to do, right? I, that's a lot to do because I think um, for me, right from that first step that I took off that airplane, mm-hmm. all of it was a mental game post that. every step you know and and i stopped taking any medicine any supplements like literally overnight hmm. so the pain is something that i mean it still is there now it's a lot less now on the scale of 1 to 10 i'm barely at maybe 3 right now okay but um, i've learned to live with it but those those days this pain used to be intense i mean even in my hmm. basic camp uh, my basic mountaineering course my advanced mountaineering i remember my um, you know friends who were on the course the students who were with me the girls would actually um, help out the age helped me there i think they were very mm-hmm. kind they would massage my legs for me they would you know massage my arms for me okay. because everything would pain like i would have tears flowing down and it would pain that much oh. but one just stuck to it you know you said it doesn't matter uh, in the mountains you'll find these signages everywhere right no pain no gain right. and that's um, uh, yeah. that's where uh, I've, because i'm i'm sure you are a, you're a motorcyclist and you've yeah. gone up sadungla and everywhere and i'm yeah, sure yeah. you've seen those in the mountains you know Absolutely, no yes. pain no gain everywhere yes so so that's what you we, we would drive by saying you have to so that mental peace was uh, was big one had to had to keep oneself mentally prepped up you, you yeah. kept pushing um, yourself kept pushing kept all the time i had uh, i mean by then i had collected books and i had close to 300 books on everest 
Hmm. I had laid my hands on any sort of literature and north there isn't so much written hmm. on the north side because most people go via Nepal uh, there are very few that go from uh, you know uh, the north side um, also because china doesn't give out so many permits uh, hmm. it's it's a drier route it's it's more technical there's a lot of other challenges on the north side okay. and not that south is easy I have a lot of people ask me that you know is that because south is easy well there's nothing easy it's everest mm. uh, you know so there's nothing easy about it even absolutely. base camp is nothing yeah yeah absolutely but um, it's it's something that one had to prepare for every piece and as i said everything that i did to strengthen myself mentally i mean for example the last 4 months from january of 2017 till i left on the 1st of april uh, you know to be in nepal mm. i had put up a tent in my bedroom and i oh. would sleep inside that tent okay. just to get used to constricted places mm-hmm. you know i would um, i had stopped using the bathroom in the house which had this final f- fancy wc right. and i would uh, you know uh, use um, the indian squatting loo which we had mm-hmm. on the ground floor in the bungalow okay. but i would do that mm-hmm. um, i would you know at 7 in the evening i would turn off all the lights in my bedroom and then uh, operate from Uh, with a torch and with things like that oh. thing get used to that understand and i had uh, you know i would stop talking to anybody because i knew that on the mountain i i had no option of calling up my family and friends and you know so you didn't have this social uh, sort of interaction to hmm. feel that so in various ways that one uh, mentally had to prepare um, also as as a mother i think one of the challenges came in being able to write out a will Mm-hmm. Uh, because if i didn't come back that yeah. was my reality as well that That's if i clear. didn't make it back i needed to be very clear on what i was leaving behind or mm-hmm. sorting i couldn't have left a mess for my you know right. um, children to deal with yeah yeah so there yeah. was that clarity and i had written that out so okay. on every front there was a mental thing my parents are getting old i needed them to understand mm-hmm. uh, so my father's from the armed forces and okay. um, he served a large part of his uh, life at the siachen glacier okay. so he had a rough idea of what it meant to be at that altitude at yeah. though he didn't go that high but he was at siachen and that itself is tough mm-hmm. but i i remember that movie everest got released and i took the whole family to watch the movie and i remember my daughter saying you're not going that's it <laughs> and <laughs> Okay. <laughs> because uh, you know there were so many deaths that happened and so on and so yeah, forth yeah, and yeah. but it was my way of preparing them that this is a possibility <clears throat> i need them to get in touch with knowing right. that yeah. that's also a mental game you know absolutely so preparation was physical preparation was mental and emotional yeah. and preparation also on a large scale was financial right because yeah. absolutely just crazy amount of money that is needed mm-hmm. uh, when you talk about uh, you know going to everest right. and unfortunately um, the government doesn't fund that particular sport because it's considered luxury it's yeah. not considered a competitive sport so mm-hmm. no one's going to fund you um you know i thought from that mahila kosh uh, beti bachao some such yeah. thing i could get something somewhere right. yeah but uh, no uh, absolutely no funding and no aid from anywhere and mm-hmm. uh, so financially also it takes up a huge toll in being able to prep and um, i remember uh, continuing my professional work because that's mm. where the money was coming from yeah and there were days when i would have a full day workshop as a trainer 9 to 5 and i still had my 5 hours of training to do so day would start at 2:30 in the morning or something like that 
and i would train till 7 and then come back and prepare my lunch and you know do all the housework mm-hmm. and get to work and do an entire day's work and come back and put in one hour of training even after that okay uh, in a so endless such days as well mm-hmm. but um, collectively i think yes i mean as desired and as requested to the goddess mother yeah 22nd of may 2017 i did become maharashtra's first woman Amazing. on everest yeah from so, the north side absolutely so when you were you know not only preparing yourself and but preparing your family as well as you said and when you when your daughter said that no way you're not going to climb so later on uh, how did she you know react that you are that serious you know about doing this and how, in what way did uh, all these people they supported you i think what happened was uh, somewhere i think you know um, all of us are ostriches right we hope the storm passes away <laughs> yeah. and uh, let's just keep our head buried in and it might mm-hmm. go and who knows like various fads that mama's had even this one will go away yeah. while this one seems a little more serious about but you never know yeah. uh, and i've known to shock things at the last minute i've i've, I've been mm. one person like that Okay. so they i guess were hoping all along that i wouldn't go uh, however just before i left and as i mentioned to you i had this really thick and long hair and just before i left for everest i i had it all chopped off like um, you know uh, because uh, the barafava that you wear in that cold yeah, yeah. um, for that thing to fit snug you hmm. can't possibly have long hair long i also hair. knew uh, my 55 days or almost 2 months of expedition hmm. there was going to be no bath no water all of that and lengthy hair and maintaining would have been a challenge right. so i remember going and getting my hair chopped like chopped like really tiny chopped okay. and i came back home and my mother poor thing she was literally crying and my daughter sat down on that chair and said okay she's really going i mean <laughs> you know that was <laughs> okay because okay under- and you didn't tell anybody before you went uh, to I the i i kept threatening to i kept because i was so unhappy about it hmm. i kept sort of all the time crying about it saying oh my god i'm going to have to get my hair cut oh my god i'm going to have to get my hair cut right. um uh, you know uh, and and i kept saying that but um when i went and got it done i went all alone Okay. Uh, though i had people around me who cared enough to want to come along but me mm. being the you know i will fight my battles alone yes, person alone, yeah. um went out there and got them chopped off and oh god i mean i didn't want to go meet anybody <laughs> i spent more than 4 hours i remember in the phoenix mall just hanging around thinking that the entire world had stopped doing what they were doing and were staring at me uh-huh. because you know from a person who's always had these tremendously long hair and tresses yeah and uh, no one knew obviously no one knew me and no one knew you know that i had long hair or short hair yeah yeah i was so conscious of it you know it was it was really crazy and i mean the only good part out of that haircut that happened was um i remember uh, couriering them to this particular ngo that makes uh, wigs for persons with uh, you know yeah. who have suffered cancer and who've lost yeah. their hair Yeah. So they make those wigs and send them. So I remember couriering them, and um, because I couriered them, I knew the weight, and it was actually one point four kilos. Wow! Right? That was that was the weight of the hair that got <laughs> sent out. So it was it was a lot of hair, uh. and there I was knocked it all off. Hmm. But um, it was I think that was the setting point. People knew I was going, and I kept okay. that 
decision literally like a week before i left for everest amazing But, so let's um, let's let's come to the main part now so tell us something about your experience you know while climbing up and climbing down and what kind of challenges you faced during this entire journey so i think climbing up um, you know so even when i went like i said that my bone problems continued through the time my brother had helped out by getting these special uh, casts mm-hmm. um, they they are made with a certain uh, rubber and elastic fiber okay so they you wear them like uh, like you'd wear a sleeve it holds the bone in place but it's not mm-hmm. heavy like the pop right. and so i had these for my knees i had them for my ankles i had for my elbows i had for my wrists so i had all these casts with me and i was carrying them in my bag and uh, you know i would uh, and i got the, used these were kind of your of your gears you know just in yeah, case yeah it's a part of my gear absolutely <laughs> just in case okay yeah apart from of course the walking poles that one used mm-hmm. but uh, the way it works in the mountain we call it the acclimatization so you kind of keep climbing up and coming down and you go up and you come down and you get used to that altitude mm-hmm. so on the north side like unlike the south side uh, unlike nepal where you walk from lukla where you land all the way till base camp mm-hmm. on the china side the chinese have put a road together of course and it takes you all the way to base camp mm-hmm. which is uh, tingri and uh, so we would stop on the way and we'd spend a night in a, in a place so we went to shigatse and then we stopped next and we stayed the night and climbed a local hill came down stayed the night and moved on we did that mm-hmm. but we before we knew we were at base camp and then we stayed there a week Uh, it's an absolute open desert there's just nothing ice under you uh, cold in the day but the sun's blazing down okay. and it's an absolute desert there isn't one single leaf in sight you know every step takes the breath out of you but uh, you get used to it after a week so one week you just hang around do nothing just get used to it and go and walk around the campsite and and that's about it and with and such you, uh, bright sun the snow does not melt oh yeah Uh, the snow doesn't melt and and you don't actually so at the base camp there's just rock and um, you know scree as you see it the snow is all below you okay. at base camp the snow is on the sides on some of the hills and peaks you don't really have you'll have it fall every day like some fresh snowfall that happens every day okay. but it doesn't stay on and it's just scree that stays on there's nothing else that's happening okay. right so there's nothing much that's happening and then you uh, you take that and uh, then you move to what is called the advanced camp so advanced camp is at 6400 meters and uh, you go there and um, then you spend a few days at advanced camp get used to that and then you go on your first acclimatization hike or climb which you have to go up till first camp which is called the north pole and you go there uh, you stay a night uh, next morning you walk up a little further and then you come back to advanced camp Okay. Stay a day, and you come back to base camp. So, which is what one did: acclimatization, parafit, and all of that. And um, you know, it had its own challenges. The weather wouldn't freeze. Uh, usually, in Nepal, the climbing begins much earlier. But the season was so bad in 2017 that the weather just wouldn't clear up, and we didn't know what was happening. Nepal wasn't opening up. Uh, we were just sitting tight. Uh, April was almost over, and we were looking at May, and one didn't know where things were going. Um, you know, before one knew. things were almost on the 10th and 12th of may and nepal hadn't even set up one person still and china wasn't willing to send anybody and we uh, the team our team took up the onus of saying the final ropes we lay and set the route and go oh so that's where um, our sherpas and team went up first 
and we had the first climbers uh, being able to actually go and okay. of course we created little tranches even amongst us and i mm-hmm. remember i was being i was on the uh, last one saying by then we know the weather is going to be good or whatever but um, the final climb as you see it so in that when the weather had gone bad and we were at advance camp and we wondered if we had to come back a lot of people dropped the idea and already had returned mm-hmm. when we were already into 15th and 16th of may a lot of people had already given up and come back but i think we'd made up our mind and i said i am now going to go down only after i've climbed i am not going to base camp now i'm going to stay here okay. wasn't advisable but i stayed put at advance camp saying i'm not budging from here till i reach the top now mm-hmm. so we waited on and sure enough um on the 20th because you have to have three clear day window available from weather okay. point of view to be able to go and climb because the actual climb is going to be sort of three days it's looking at day 1 i start climbing and i go to camp 1 i okay. stay the night day 2 i start from camp 1 and i reach camp 2 and i stay the night and day 3 i start off i climb i reach summit camp by mm-hmm. afternoon okay i rest and after i have rested uh, my summit push begins on night of the third day oh it, so the it happens day in the night when I, okay yeah all climbs for summit across all mountains are at night because that's when the weather is at its calmest because the sun's not around yeah so the weather is the calmest then and we um went out so that is the fourth night so i remember 19th when we started off mm-hmm. and uh, you know 20th at camp 1 21st at you know um camp 2 moving to camp 3 uh, getting there on 21st and summit push as we reached uh, slowly steadily um when we reached camp 2 i remember the previous day the weather had been very very bad and mm-hmm. one group that was all ahead of us uh, it was an australian team i remember uh, they had to come back and um because everything got blown away our things were kept on the top and we were told there's nothing left you're just going to have to go up and reach and there's no sleeping bag and there's nothing you oh. just have to sit up so the entire night i remember sitting up in the tent because uh, we had no place to lie down there were four of us inside one tent which was partly torn and we just sat up because there was just not enough um, tents available everything had been blown away by the weather okay. and the winds and next morning we stepped out uh, to go out and as we stepped out to go to summit camp mm-hmm. at that point in time um, as i stepped out i think barely 6 feet away from my tent was one of the australian team members who was lying dead Oh. and uh, you know on the mountains people don't touch the bodies you leave them where you find them okay and uh, so this person was he was obviously very alive when he had reached there but he must have come in sometime after we had reached because none of us heard him call out but the winds were blowing so much that we hadn't heard him and he was lying there dead someone had kept a, a, a you know a walkie talkie next to him which means he was definitely alive uh, a person must have gone down mm. looking for help okay. but he was there i think that point in time that really played mentally saying you know someone as capable as him if he's going to die do i want to really do this mm-hmm. now i was already at 8300 meters okay and saying do i want to risk everything mm-hmm. um to be able to look at the summit right and and when you take that first step out of that camp and you head upwards and not downwards one is really checking one's wisdom at doing you know is yeah. is this so important is is your challenge and ego that large would you want to 
put people who are left behind in that danger. But somewhere you put away all this thought. And luckily for me, um, you know, I think the thoughts that came to my mind were saying, I'm already at 8,300. Yeah. And I remember my one mind telling me, you know, saying, look, no one in your family has ever come this high. Absolutely. No one's ever going to come this high. How mm-hmm. does it matter? You know, your friends yeah. are not going to love you less. Your family is not going to disown you. You're almost at the top. How does it matter? Just turn back now. Right? And, and what was what was going on in the minds of your yeah, other other people? I think I think uh, one or two others were also in the similar place. And in that, one of our team members, um, he was beginning to have certain breathing issues. Young boy from Nashik. He was okay. the only other one from Maharashtra. And uh, on, on the mountain at that time in mm-hmm. 2017 on the north side. And, uh, you know, they were already telling him he's going to have to turn back. And I remember this young boy, uh, you know, crying to me saying, Ma'am, they're sending me back and I don't want to go. And I said, but I, your life is more important. You know, you're slowing down and you need to go back. That's more important. And uh, we did send him back. And it was it was not a happy feeling. Uh, this was, of course, after we started climbing towards the top halfway again. So we were barely 300 meters short of the top. And I saw him go back. And I said, here I am advising him that life is more important. And I am looking at pushing myself yeah. to the top. Yeah. And could I do this? And I said, I'm almost at the top. You know, I can turn back from here. It's okay. And that was what my my mind was telling me. And, uh, you know, I remember luckily the word I had used in my own self-talk was I'm almost at the top. Yeah. And somewhere that bell rang that said, you're almost at the top. You're not at the top. Yeah. Uh, that is the difference. And I think that right. snapped some me. I said, okay, put your head down. And I remember my Sherpa asking me, Didi, wapis jai? And I'm saying, nahi, wapis nahi we are going ahead. Wapis nahi <laughs> okay. you know, and, and I took the next step and we moved forward. And we were sort of, uh, I just took one step after the other. And next I knew uh, I was on the top. Wow. I was there way earlier than planned. So okay. it was local time in China and in, in Tibet was six in the morning. I remember it was about 10 past four, I think back in India. But um, I knew and I was on top of, of the mountain. It was, it was still slightly dark. The sun hadn't come up, but mm-hmm. the sun comes up very early in the mountain. And I had these grand plans of saying, you know, I'm going to go to the top and do this whole sashtang namaskar on the top and all that jazz. Okay. Um, you know, it's barely like a five foot by six foot kind of space. Oh. Or south or north, everybody, it's, it's a bit of a crowd there. Yeah. People are coming up. You get barely a few minutes and you have to turn back to start coming down. So you okay. take that one mandatory photo because you need that photo on the top. Yeah. So I remember getting that picture clicked. I took my uh, you know, oxygen mask off my nose so okay. that I'm recognized it's yeah. me. Yeah. And um, that photo got taken. I'm trying to smile. I look more like I'm dying of horror and pain kind of picture <laughs> it is. But uh, I got that picture and we were ready to turn back. And but I think at that time, you also uh, held uh, Indian flag in your hands. When yes, you I, did. So, I did. So how, so how that, was that feeling? That happened later, actually. What happened was once I reached, like I said, that whole Sashtang Namaskar didn't happen. Uh-huh. All I found was placed enough to go only on my knees and get my forehead to touch the earth. Okay. I did that. Uh, and as I straightened up, the sun came up. Uh-huh. And it was the most beautiful. I don't think I can ever describe that feeling. Right. Because now the sun showed me that Everywhere else there were clouds. I was truly above the clouds. All other peaks were below me. 
and that top of the world meant something entirely different at that moment and and when and you were on your knees that is when the sun yeah. came up sun, as i went down on my knees and i came up and the sun came up it was I mean, an unbelievable as if sun. as if as if yeah. you know sun was blessing you <laughs> absolutely like i said that you know what the tathastu awesome. the yeah. goddess had said to me in 2013 here in 2017 she was making it happen amazing. for me amazing you know because mountains um, you can never conquer them they allow you to come up yeah. you know, they are gracious enough to allow you to come up absolutely and and uh, that is i think the most beautiful feeling so as i stood up and then i said okay mandatory photo so i struggled and i got my flag which i had carried with me Uh, in my hands and i i held up and i think you know that's that's probably every single time that connect of course for me with the flag is also because i come from an army background yeah. i think uh, you know it's not that i am more uh, sort of well a bigger desh bhakt than mm-hmm. others or whatever mm-hmm. but to us uh, i think the army folk um, that flag has always meant country before self yeah. in every sense of the word yeah, every yeah. sense of the word you know civics was not a subject you studied as a subject in school mm-hmm. you did everything that you can as a citizen whether it was following basic traffic rules right. or it was upholding another citizen i think we've done that and the holding that flag was probably the greatest sense of glory i mean i was at that moment i was ready to die there and say okay i don't care it <laughs> okay. doesn't matter hmm. you know uh, but those were those few seconds and and right. then you of course the back next part that like, <laughs> back to your senses and the next part is oh my god i now have to go back down down because you know like like we have this mountaineer very famous he's climbed every single of the 8000ers renard messner we call him the magician of the mountains mm-hmm. and messner says you know going up the mountain is always optional coming down is mandatory, mandatory. so you have to be yes. coming down the mountain Absolutely. you know and then of course wo jo teen din lage the upar jaane ke liye आप एक दिन में नीचे आ जाते हो इट आल्सो इज अ ब्यूटीफुल ग्राउंडिंग इफेक्ट बिकॉज इट सेज भैया इतने ही दिन उड़ सकते हो यू नो टेराफोर्मा इज वेयर यू बिलोंग सो द माउंटेन हैज अ वेरी ब्यूटीफुल वे ऑफ एक्चुअली शोइंग यू योर साइज विदाउट डूइंग एनीथिंग बिकॉज बिफोर यू नो इट यू आर रशिंग बैक डाउन एंड दैट डाउन इज एट सच स्पीड्स बट दैट्स अ लेसन दैट वन लर्न्स ऑल थ्रू दैट गोइंग अप रीचिंग द टॉप इज ऑलवेज डिफिकल्ट and staying Absolutely. at the top is a very limited phase of life phase of that life. coming down is very difficult because it's it's a third you come down with speed yeah. it's a third because if you haven't put in the efforts to go up the coming down can cause your death okay and so in literally in the mountain sense and figuratively mm-hmm. in life so very very important there to understand that you go up with with uh, you know integrity and honesty and ethics that helps you come down with safety and you know you you return with that reverence uh, back to where you belong but yes 22nd right. morning there i was on top of the world amazing and all this time how how did your bones you know <laughs> you know uh, uh, worked <laughs> out i mean bones, the beautiful part of the mountain is it's so bloody cold that the bones uh, i think you just stop feeling them after a while you know even on the top when i had tears because i was yeah. holding my flag and i was holding the tricolor those tears i mean they say that tears have salt i wonder how that works but they freeze your tears freeze right. so you you have icicles at your eyelids which are poking you 
mm-hmm. you have icicles inside your nose because now that tear that didn't fall out kind of yeah. went through your nose and you know yeah. all that snot is turning into lesser icicles right. you have ice inside every possible part of your body is is turning into ice so that cold actually helps you not feel any pain any pain you know that intensity of the cold because i remember when we climbed it was a warm night that night and we were doing minus 56 by the way when i say warm night mm-hmm. but it was crazy cold yeah, i and i can completely agree yeah. because i myself have been able to you know uh, be in a situation where it was uh, minus 45 degree yeah, i can imagine and I can and, imagine. and it was biting cold i mean for a jiffy if you take out your hand outside that's it you that's obviously it. Yeah. have to put it back inside and take out another one so you'll have to keep on yeah. juggling with that so doing that yeah yeah, yeah. i mean yes, I, i've I, had people who have asked me saying you know how could you not take photographs as a sweetheart i was just too worried about <laughs> keeping my hands and like, who cares a damn about those photographs you, you know, know actually you know i was about to ask this question <laughs> were you able to take uh, you know any any photographs or any video so personally i as it is i am not a photo person at mm. all i just mm-hmm. believe you capture whatever you can in your memories and your thoughts mm. that mandatory photo that needed to be there on top of the mountain i got that one done that one i have a few with the group uh, which because the group must have taken some and that's where the pictures are but other than that mm-hmm. um You it's know, all up there in your memory it's all just there it's just there and it's a moment to be lived yeah, because anyway absolutely. for me i wasn't climbing because i wanted to next to come back and post it on facebook you know i was climbing because i had my own journey yeah, to look yeah, at absolutely i and wasn't looking at post you are, you are still in touch with all those uh, people in that group yeah yeah very much very much Amazing. in touch with the people of the group in touch with the operator we're looking to do some work together uh, looking to go back because for me um, after that 2013 climb uh, to base camp mm-hmm. every single year i have gone back to base camp oh uh, okay. to nepal every single year okay. and 17 was the only year that i didn't go on the south side base camp and i went on the north side instead okay. but 18 i went back to say thank you to the goddess of course and 2018 i did the base camp trek twice so oh. i i lead a trek to base camp every single year and inevitably friends join in and people join in and it's an open trek Uh, invitation for everybody but every single year we add one more trek i usually do mm-hmm. two in that summer time but uh, so ebc and annapurna maybe everest base camp and maybe one of the other you know lakes and routes something like that but everest base camp every single year so i've done nine trips so far in these seven uh-huh. years now two base so, camps so what are your upcoming plans now uh, well covid kind of put a dampener on a lot of plans at the mm-hmm. moment but um uh, looking for the season to open up i uh, am hoping by december something opens up and i see myself at least in himachal okay uh, but next year yes i have a peak that i'm looking to climb um we also have started a new initiative saying support the indian himalayas because we've got some beautiful mountains right here okay. one yeah. doesn't have to go out and they may be shorter in length but they're mm-hmm. far more technical and they're more mountain related so okay. those are some of the things that i'm i am you know looking to line up but yes definitely next summer is going to be back in the mountains uh, in the meantime of course running continues and cycling okay. continues amazing okay i believe you also have a harley right uh yes that i i shared with a friend of mine don't ride it anymore i think it's a pain we should have a harley i'm going to i'm i wanted to gift myself a java this birthday okay i've dropped the idea 
because uh, I think COVID has taught me a lot of uh, decluttering, I think. And I'm mm-hmm. saying, where do you want to go? What will happen to But yes, I love motorcycles. And I, I, I also like cycles. We just did a Manali to Khadungla cycling. So that oh, whole wanting okay. to motorcycle, it uh, has taken away that joy. So no, yes, not that. Okay. Okay. I think we have overshot the time. We thought it'll be just Spotify. <laughs> it was absolutely wonderful having you uh, today on the show, Aparna. Thank you so much uh, for sharing Thank your experiences you. with us. Thank you. And, Thank you uh, for your patient listening because you really allowed me to relive that journey after a very long time. <laughs> I usually don't talk about it anymore in this detail. Yeah. So, so thank you. Thank you for letting no, me. In, in fact, you know, journey. when you were describing your journey, you know, I was trying to visualize, you know. So, uh, although you might be seeing that uh, in person there, but now I was trying to see that through you, your experience. So that is what, and thank you so much for that. So any, any suggestions or any, any, uh, parting advice that you would want to give to our listeners who are aspirant of such adventure in their life? I think, you know, one thing that I learned uh, in this entire journey of mine, and I, I often say this, so people who've heard me before have heard me say this endlessly, mm-hmm. that as a person, uh, you know, to stay fit, um, we, we talk about the importance of vitamin D in our lives. And we say mm-hmm. this, as sports people, we keep talking about D3 and D3 levels and all of that. In my journey of, um, you know, trouble with my bones and saying vitamin D might be less and I need D3s, I discovered a very new set of uh, D3s and I, I call them the 3Ds and not the D3s. But devotion, dedication and discipline, you know, okay. 3Ds as I look at them, uh, which which you can call them D3s or call them 3Ds, but these three. Devotion, dedication and dedication, discipline. discipline. Awesome. You know, the three Ds that help you. And mm-hmm. these three, uh, to me, are like a capsule. You know, they are a supplement that you take. And the outer cover of a capsule, you know, so this is this is the sort of dawai, the masala, the whatever that goes inside the capsule, right. yeah. the three Ds. But the outer cover is of desire. Mm-hmm. And that's another D, you know. Uh, you have to first dream, have that desire. Yeah, yeah. And put out that intent. You know, once you do that, once you desire something, once you have that dream, right. You know, have that dream. Once you right. have that dream, um, the universe is just waiting to help you fulfill it. Absolutely. But you have to have that dream. So don't yeah. stop short. Don't don't dream short. Dream right. big dreams, dream audacious dreams, um, you know, uh, dream larger than is possible for you. Mm-hmm. And then go out there with this devotion, dedication and discipline and all your dreams will come true. You know, Absolutely. whatever is your own Everest, uh, go scale it. You know, for me, it was a mountain. But uh, for every one of us, we have our own Everest. Uh, go climb your own Everest. But uh, dream for that Everest. I think I think that's what's so important. Amazing. Thank you so much for that advice, uh, Aparna. It was really wonderful talking to you and have you Thank on you the God. show today. And wish you all the very best for all your future Thank upcoming uh, endeavors, all your treks, all your mountain climbings. Yeah. I, and I, and I still look forward to that motorcycle <laughs> ride with you. So <laughs> definitely, I, I we will. Do plan to, yes, we will yes. go there. Yes. We will definitely yes. uh, plan that out. 
Uh, obviously, I can't plan any mountain climbing with you, but yeah. definitely we can plan out our rides. And thank you yeah. so much for that. And take care. Stay home. Stay safe. Yeah, and stay home and stay safe for now. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye now. From wheelchair to climbing Mount Everest, Aparna has the grit and willpower to scale mental and physical mountains. She scaled the Mount Everest in 2017 at the age of 47 and she is a phenomenal inspiration to many. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the podcast show Candid Talks with Bharatvi. If you like the show, Please do like, subscribe and share with others. If listening on Apple Podcast, do not forget to rate 5 stars. If on Spotify or YouTube, do not forget to subscribe and share. Iske saath hum aaj ka safar yahi samapt karte hain. Bahut jald mulaqat hogi. Agle show par ek naye topic ke saath, naye logon ke saath, naye andaaz mein. On Candid Talks with Bharat V. Stay home, stay safe. This is Bharat Vatsa signing off for today. Duaon mein yaad rakhna. जय हिंद